Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show. I am not going to introduce anybody today because yesterday I got in trouble. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm Josh Bells from the Well Church. Uh, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring is with us. Pastor Phil Moran from Christ Prez is with us. And then Pastor Russ is not with us, but filling in his gigantic Sadly. shoes is Pastor Ryan Hempel from Treasure Valley Reform Presbyterian Church. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right, well, we've been talking about the church, because Boise Reformation 2022 is coming up October 21st and 22nd. Oh, Church Arise, Dr. Joel Beakey, Dr. Derek Thomas. You can register for free mm-hmm. at ReformationBoise.com. And I think this is going to be our biggest conference, probably. It's shaping up. We've it get, looks like I mean, it. registrations are very high. Yeah, which is because it's going to be so awesome. So That's great. we've been talking about the church the last couple of days uh, to kind of prepare for the conference coming up. And we're rambling. Oh, when those guys when those guys come and uh, speak to us, they'll land the plane. We're just getting yeah, it out. We're, of just, the, we're yeah. just getting it out of the hangar. We're just preparing <laughs> your hearts to hear. That's right. Mm. All right. So we've talked about different categories of the church. We've talked about the invisible church, the visible church, uh, the local church. Ryan, can you just quickly summarize those three categories for us? Uh, sure. The uh, invisible, the visible church is. All of those who have professed Christ and their children, um, the invisible church, or all of those that God has called to be His people, and the local congregation. I mean, that's where your local body is. It has your accountability, your oversight, the preaching of the word, the ministration, the sacraments. So. Perfect. Uh, yesterday on the show, we also talked about one holy Catholic apostolic church. That's the phraseology in many of our creeds and confessions. Phil, could you quickly summarize those? One holy. Sure. sure. Uh, there is one church around the globe and, and in heaven, by the way, with Christ as its head. There is one church, everyone that belongs to God through Jesus Christ. One holy uh, the church is called out and set apart for the service of Christ. We don't have any holiness in and of ourselves, but through the grace of God, through Christ, uh, we are made holy. Catholic, with a small c, uh, means that the, the church is worldwide. Uh, once again, there is one church with many uh, local manifestations, and uh Finally, apostolic, which means we are under the authority of the original witnesses. We are under the authority of the apostles who wrote the New Testament. Perfect. All right, so now we're going to kind of turn to, um, those are kind of very, you know, technical definitions, and we thank God definitions are so wonderful, but the Bible also gives us great imagery 
beauty, uh, as it were, of what it means to belong to the church. So um, let's talk about the different images Scripture uses to describe the church. And we have to be selective there because uh, there was one theologian writing on the church. He provides an index of all these metaphors and images, and he says there's over 96 of, of these metaphors and images. Some are 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 more memorable to our our conscience but that that's a lot of images trying to communicate the relationship that we have to Christ our head that's right so let's just start talking about some of them. So one image, I didn't know, by the way, I didn't know there was 96. That's crazy. That is crazy. Uh, you know, I had to read that. I'd like that. to, I'd like to, <laughs> I'd I'd like to read that, that from somewhere. I never counted them. I don't I, do math. I, <laughs> yeah, and Russ isn't here. Yeah, so he's, exactly. He's I'd, like to, I'd like to see that list, though. Um, all right, so the first bit of imagery is sheep and shepherd. Sheep and shepherd. Um, well, that image is in, the, is in both... Uh, testaments. It originates in the Old Testament and is carried on in the New. Uh, For instance, Psalm 100. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We belong to Him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He made us. He called us to Himself. And we are sheep. Mm -hmm. We We need a shepherd. And you get and to John ten. Is that John, where you is that where you were heading? Okay. Yeah, that's where that's exactly where I was heading. Uh, Jesus said, "I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep." Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a wonderful imagery, and it it really points to our dependence upon Him. Yeah, yeah. It's it's both humbling and endearing because sheep are not intelligent animals right. and they tend to do very stupid things and get themselves into uh-huh. trouble and they're defenseless and, yeah, yeah completely defenseless but it's also endearing in that you know jesus says my sheep know my voice yeah and uh, and they follow me and they follow me we had a when i was pastor in seattle we had a lady come into our church for a while and and uh we were we were talking one time and she grew up in a sheep farm and she had a younger sister who always took care of you know kind of the runts of that was what they were born. You know, she brought them in and she, she took care of them. Why'd you look at me when you said that? <laughs> I, was, I, I quickly tried to look them up. No. <laughs> but, I burnt my eyes. <laughs> but she was uh, away for an extended period of time and she came home and she sat on the front porch and she had this whistle. She gave this whistle and a few minutes went by then all of these sheep she had raised uh-huh. came running up to her and uh, it was... Uh, so there was just, you know, they wouldn't follow her parents or her or anything like that, but they knew her voice yeah. and yeah. they came right uh-huh. away. And that's, that's the thing with our good shepherd, the Lord. He says his sheep hear his voice and they follow him. Yeah. That's just really great. Yeah. And it shows the, the, the tender heart of the Savior, like in one of the other places in the gospel, uh, Jesus says the good shepherd, you know, leaves the 99 and goes after the, right. the one. Mm-hmm. I, and when he finds that lost sheep all of heaven rejoices mm-hmm. over one of the flock that has come back. Mm. Well, that, that Christ is found. All right, so sheep and shepherd. And we're just going to kind of go through these uh, quickly. So body members and head. So this is like 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, yeah. uh, obviously, obviously other places, but mm-hmm. body members and head. So it says in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 12, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of 
of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. So, For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, all were made to drink of one spirit. And Paul is using this metaphor for the relationship between the various members of the church. Mm-hmm. And, you know... It you know what's interesting the, in the explanation of it it says so it is with Christ you know we would say so it is with the church but uh, you know actually uh, Paul is using Christ as, as shorthand for the church so we hear so it is with Christ we have this complete thought of Christ's body with all its many parts limbs and organs despite all the differences that make up that body, it's impossible to think about the church apart from Christ. It, mm-hmm. you know, so it is with Christ. We're, you know, just as he had many members in his body, you know, or, you know, organs, hands, feet, eyes, and so it is with the church. Well, yeah. imagine a body without a head. Mm-hmm. It would be uh, pretty useless. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the metaphor of the body also um, implies that that we need each other. Yeah. The hand cannot say to the foot, I have no need of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not um, rootless wonders <laughs> arriving at a church on our own whim, you know. We you know, every Christian is joined to to Christ by faith. Every every Christian who is joined to Christ by faith belongs to every other Christian in this one yes. body. Yeah, this analogy really speaks to the unity that we have not only to Christ but to one another. Mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. believers and you know a couple episodes ago josh you asked about the the one who might say like well i belong to the church universally you know i don't need to belong to this local body i mean it's local bodies are kind of a little microcosm of this illustration i mean we we need one another and we support one another and mm-hmm. a christian off to their own is like a finger that you cut off and yeah i mean it's just going to die and wither yeah. away yeah mm-hmm. so, so it goes both ways uh, a body without a head is ridiculous but in the in the in the tender mercies of God, Paul actually teaches that that Christ is not complete without us. Now, let me say that very very carefully. As the Reverently. second person of the Trinity, the Son of God needs nothing from us. Right. But as the God Man, he has wrapped up his very destiny in belonging to the church, just as the church belongs to him. So in Ephesians chapter one. Paul's praying, and he says that God has put all things under Christ's feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Christ counts the body, the church, as his fullness. Mm -hmm. Edward says here that the church is said to be the fullness of Christ as if Christ were not complete without the church. Man is incomplete without the woman. She is himself. So Christ is not complete without his spouse. That's how much Christ has united himself to us. The God-man, the anthropos, Mm -hmm. has has united himself to us. And it's, it's simply unbelievable. And there's and the, Paul also touches on it. I, I'm blanking on the reference, but when he talks about filling up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ, mm-hmm. Colossians, I mean, yeah, uh, Jesus did not miss anything when he suffered. Right. I mean, he he fulfilled everything. But what Paul's referencing there is this unity between yeah. the body and the head. Yeah. You know, what we experience as Christ's body in our sufferings, he is. Ex- I mean, it, it's as if it was mm-hmm. done to him. Yeah. And uh, he will and, have vengeance. And an, an illustration of that is when Saul of Tarsus was persecuting the church. Right. Jesus said, why do you persecute me? me? Yep. Okay. Uh, last, well, we, we can 
wax on. But another <laughs> imagery, another imagery is bride and groom. Bride and groom. I think this is one of my favorite images. You mm-hmm. know, in, in terms of of this, because it is explaining God's love for His church. There's a intimate electing love of God that the church can you know exclaim out of all the world you've chosen me you know there's a there there's that and it, and we're called God's dear treasure you know we we sing a, that one hymn you know from heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride and with his blood he bought her and for her life he died you know and this is the this is this metaphor is actually the the metaphor that the Bible ends on, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, so the metaphor, you know, when we think about uh, the church universal, the church of all time, you know, it begins in the garden with Adam and Eve, and and you have a wedding in the in the garden there, you know, between you know between Adam and Eve, but it ends with a wedding in heaven between yeah. us and and mm-hmm. Christ, um, because at the end of Revelation in chapter twenty two, it says. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who desires to take the water of life come without price. And so when the world sees the church as Christ's glorious body, the radiant bride, and hears from her the gospel salvation entrusted to her, then God will receive the glory. And that's been his purpose from the beginning. Mm -hmm. The relationship between husband and wife is to be the most and it is the most important human relationship that we have. Mm-hmm. The love between husband and wife is the to be the deepest expression of love yeah. on a human level. It's not with our, our children. It's not with our friends. not with other colleagues. It's husband and wife. And God using that imagery, he's expressing this is the love that I have for you. Yeah, he says mm-hmm. this, this mystery is great. And the mystery of marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why God made the world, so that he could gather out of it a, a bride for his son, the groom. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Don't forget to register for our conference, ReformationBoise.com, October 21st and 22nd. We'll see you next time.